Well, somewhere along the way in life, sometimes we have to have the old ticker, the heart, checked out, don't we? You know, we got those fancy diagnostic tests with an echo or the stress test, and they can see a lot of things going on in in and with the old heart, can't they? Hey, did you know God can see what's going on in your heart? And he doesn't need an echo or a stress test. So what does God see when he looks at your heart? Well, that's the message today. Pure hearts see God. If you have your Bible or a Bible app on something, if you look in Matthew chapter 5, we're looking at the Beatitudes And in Matthew chapter 5, and you should have an outline, I'll try to somewhat follow. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Now that's not too hard, right? That's pretty simple. Jesus said, the pure in heart will see God. Now, we know enough to know, and we've said, and you've heard, and you know, we could never expect to see God based upon our own righteousness. Because guess what? We don't have any. There is none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Scripture says. And so, um, it... It's because of what God does. Listen, did you know that He declares you, when you come to know Christ as Savior, He declares you 100% pure in His sight. Now, uh, it's because of what, of course, Jesus has done. It's a gift given to us by God when we trust Christ as Savior. Because Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, she is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So listen, here's the question. So what would happen if we took God at His word and said, Okay, God, you have forgiven me. You, you have imputed to me your righteousness. So, so now I am righteous based upon what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And so now, Lord, you have given me this promise. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you have given me this promise that now I am declared pure. Blessed are the pure in spirit. For they shall see God. Now listen, folks, that ought to be a word of encouragement, that promise that Jesus made. It's a word of encouragement, and it is our hope. First John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now... We are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed 
what he uh, what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall what? See him as he is. And then that verse 3 goes on to say, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he, God, is pure. So listen, outside a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, when it says, blessed are the pure in spirit, uh, uh, they shall see God. Apart from Jesus, apart from a relationship with Him, listen, that closes the door. That, that closes the door. Because listen, I still have an old sin nature that I have to put up with. How about you? Uh, by the way, I, I've had a couple people along the way through the years have tell me, told me that they don't sin. I'm thinking, you just did. <laughs> but but, but we, we still live. Our, our spirit is made new. But we still live in this old sinful body. And, and so uh, I, I still sin. I still have somewhat of an impure heart. Uh, but it's because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and yours that that door is opened so that you can have that pure heart and that you can see God. And so uh, Jesus forgives us, uh, fills us with his righteousness, is imputed to our account. And so then, listen, because of that, we are called... Uh, because we have been transformed, our heart has been transformed by the grace of God, we are called, and that should motivate us, to live a life comparable to what we've been already called to do, what we've been given. So Jesus gives us this great promise. Blessed, happy, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Which begs the question, so what is the heart? Now, not, of course, this organ that pumps blood. Uh, th- that is a heart. But, but spiritually speaking, when Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, what, what is it? What is it? First of all, what is the heart? Well, it, in modern Western culture, where we are today, uh, sometimes we think about the heart as the seat of emotions and the seat of affections coming from within. Now, and so we kind of distinguish that and we say the heart, that's my emotions, that's my affections, as compared to my intellect, uh, using our head, we would say sometimes, with intellect and common sense, and somebody said common sense is not real common anymore. But, But, so we've separated the two. The heart, the seat of the emotions. But listen... In biblical times, the the deep-seated emotions and affections was not considered to be in the heart, but it was considered to be in the belly in biblical times. So in the Bible, though, in Bible days, biblically speaking, the heart, listen, is the seat of one's whole life. Not just affections and emotions, although that's part of it. But it's the seat of the whole life physically and spiritually and mentally and morally. 
In, in other words, it's that inner being, our innermost being, where all those things stem from. In fact, listen to this. In Proverbs 4.23, Solomon says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Pretty comprehensive, not just emotions. There was a time when Jesus was walking this earth, and... Um, and he was accused by the religious leaders of the day uh, and the law experts of the day. Uh, they called him to task because he and his disciples did not wash their hands in a ceremonially cleansing way before they ate. And so they were on his case about that. Listen to what Jesus told them from Matthew chapter 15. I, they, they, they were concerned about that. I mean, they were really concerned. Jesus and his disciples, you did not properly cleanse your hands and wash. Listen, Jesus said this, It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. And then later in Matthew chapter 15, uh, he said this, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts murders, adulteries fornication, thefts false witness, blasphemies these, Jesus said are the things which defile a man where do those things come from? the heart the innermost person and so we can't we, we, we can't always say, well, the devil made me do it. Like, like the old Flip Wilson, the comedian, used to say, the devil made me do it. Well, we can't use that. Because Jesus said here in Matthew, these things come from the heart. They come from within. So, Jesus, so here's my point. Jesus is not just talking about emotions and feelings. He's talking about the whole inner man. The whole inner man. See, listen, th- think about this religion and religious and religiosity. That's a hard word to say, religiosity. I guess that's a word. If it's not, I just made it up. But, but, but anyway, religion, listen, it primarily focuses upon the outward actions of a person. Think about it. It's, it focuses on what a man or woman does or doesn't do. It's an outward focus. And so, religion, and by the way, legalism. You know, even sometimes uh, believers in Christ become very legalistic. And you know what I mean by that. You, you, you can do and you can't do, and there's a list of do's and don'ts, all right? That's, that's legalism. Um, but but the, the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that we have doesn't focus upon outward actions. Now, that, that's not a freedom to do, you know, whatever we please. We're not, we're not talking about that. But it's not just about a focus on outward actions. But the primary focus is upon the inner man, the heart, and when we're transformed internally inside, then the outward actions will change. So it's not just about a concentration on the outward action. Um, Jesus said about that, it becomes commandments and doctrines of men. 
And so the primary focus, listen, the primary focus of faith, our biblical faith, it's the heart, in other words, it's the inner man, the inner man. And so that's what God's interested in. First of all, it's a heart transformation, a transformation of the inner man, which results in a transformation of the outer man or the outer person. So, so what, what is the heart? That, that's your whole inner person. That, that, that's the seat of who you are physically and emotionally and spiritually and mentally. All, all those things, that's the inner man. When we talk about the heart, that's essentially what the Bible means. Well, secondly, that, that's the heart. What about the pure in heart? I mean, how, how does that fit in? What does that mean? Well, the Greek word for cleansing and pure is the word katharos. In other words, it basically it just means clean. Clean. Now, I, I want to lay this out. Uh, three things, three ways, three things I want to say about the cleansing. And uh, I've given those to you on your outline. First of all, uh, let's consider this. There is a primary cleansing. When it comes to being pure in heart, there is a primary cleansing. Now, what does that mean? Well, think think about it. We are all born into sin as as we are born into this human family. And we can thank our first parents for that in the Garden of Eden. Um, for as by one man sin entered into the world, and so death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So you, you, I, we are born into sin. We are born a sinner. You, you don't have to do anything. You're, you, you're born that way. And so we have hearts then, to begin with, we have hearts that are unclean in the, spirit, uh, in the sight of God. And, and so, so listen, the, the individual sins are an expression of the corruption that is already there in our heart. Listen to what Jeremiah 17.9 says, uh, 17.9, The heart is deceitful above all things. He says, and it's desperately wicked. He, he says, before we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, our hearts are desperately wicked. Romans talks about our foolish hearts. Our foolish hearts are darkened. He talks about, the Bible talks about the hardness of the heart causes unbelief. And so because of our hardened hearts, we can become even hardened to others that we don't love them and love others the way that Jesus told them to do it. So, so here's the thing. God is so concerned with that heart, that deceitful, evil heart. Listen to Ezekiel 36. I will sprinkle clear water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take your heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put 
my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So that's the primary cleansing that we're talking about. We, we come before the Lord Jesus Christ, before we come to know Him, we come, listen, with a desperate need. We all have that desperate need before we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a need that only God can give. Outward actions, do's and don'ts, that, that doesn't do it. It's only a gracious God who can cleanse our heart. No one can give us a clean heart except God. God must do it. And so Ephesians 1, 7, for example, In Him, in Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So what, what I'm saying is this, there's that primary cleansing to begin with. And it's an act of grace that God does to us when we trust Christ as Savior. And he washes away that guilt. Listen, the, the cloud of guilt is removed when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ because he's paid our sin debt. And so there is that f- freedom in Christ. He washes away the guilt. And listen, and forgives our sins past, present, and future. If not, then Jesus would have to die on the cross again and again. And that's not going to happen. The Bible says he died on the cross once for all. And so all our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. So there's there's that kind of cleansing. It's a primary cleansing when you come to trust Christ as Savior. Isn't that marvelous? Forgiven. Declared righteous. Declared pure. Holy. Do you know you're holy? You're holy. Not perfect. But you're holy. So listen, there, there's that primary cleansing. Then if I might secondly say this, not only is there that primary cleansing and we're made pure in our heart, but there is a progressive cleansing. In other words, as we mature in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, as we spend time in the Word, as we spend time in prayer, as we allow that Holy Spirit that now indwells us since we've trusted Christ as Savior, We allow that Holy Spirit to fill us, to control us. And as we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ on this spiritual journey, then there is that progressive cleansing. And it's a removal of those things in our heart, in our life, that gets in the way of us having that close walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that progressive cleansing as we allow God to, He progressively continues to cleanse us and helps us get rid of those things that stand in the way, those things that stand in the way of our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these verses. And I think Jesus spoke of this somewhat in, in uh, John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus said to His disciples, John 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me... Uh, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. In other words, here's that word, it's the same root word, cleans. He prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because 
of the word that I have spoken to you. Did you catch that? You are already clean. That's that primary cleansing when you come to know Christ as Savior. But then there is that progressive vent. Every bear, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. See the progression? Listen to this, and here's an example. Jesus uh, is in the upper room during the Last Supper with his disciples before he goes to the cross. You remember what he did? He he washed the feet of his disciples as an example of humble service. So he washes the feet of his disciples. And do you remember what the scripture says when he came to Peter? He came to wash Peter's feet. And Peter refused and said, Oh Lord, no, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, Okay, Peter. If I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. And Peter said, okay, Lord, not only just my feet, but in that case, my hands and my head too. All of me. But you see, here's the thing. Jesus had already provided the primary cleansing. John 13, 8, so Jesus said, he who is bathed, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. Listen, our heart has been clean and cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we still live in this old sinful world with sinful tendencies, sinful values, sinful priorities. Hey, listen, we live in a sinful, broken world. And we are not going to be perfect. The truth is, we're all going to mess up sometime. We're going to stumble and fall. Somewhere along the way. And if you can live your life without that, would you tell me your secret? But here's the example that we need to follow. Listen to old King David. Psalm 139. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. God, would you shine your spotlight on my heart. And show me. Show me the changes that I need to make. With your help, with your grace. With your power. The Holy Spirit that resides in me. So, there's that primary cleansing. And then there is a progressive cleansing as we allow God, the Holy Spirit, to show us those areas that we need to change. And by the grace and the power of of God, we, we change those areas so that our heart is progressively cleansed. And then lastly... This is marvelous. One day, listen, there is going to be a perfect cleansing. A perfect cleansing. Listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.25. He said, Christ loved the church. That would be us, the people. 
and gave himself for her. I believe he thought the church was pretty important. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's a perfect cleansing. One day, that's going to happen. Listen to this. Writing to the Colossian believers in Colossians 1.21. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works... Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, what's this, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. that marvelous? And then listen to this, Jude, that little book, Jude 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. Who who does the keeping? He does. And He is going to, listen, one day present you faultless. No faults, no blemishes before the Father. Listen, before the presence of His glory. So what am I saying? Hey, listen. One day, you get to stand before Jesus and see Him face to face. He will present you to the Father. You see Jesus in all of His glory. Face to face. Without any sin, without any blemish, without any imperfections. And somebody ought to say hallelujah. Face to face, behold the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because of anything we've done, but because of Jesus. And because He's paid the price. And then that leads me to the third little dot. The third bullet point on your outline. Well, what about the blessing? What about the blessing? Well, Jesus gives us that promise. Jesus, listen, prayed before he went to the cross. John 17, 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. The thrill of the Savior is to have you live with Him, rule and reign with Him throughout eternity. That's the thrill of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be with Forever and ever. And behold the glory of Jesus that was given to him by the Father. Listen, before the world began. 
and when you trust Christ. That promise is for you. Home in heaven. You, you know, it, it's going to be a grand thing one day when we get to heaven, we get to see our loved ones again. Isn't that wonderful? It's going to be marvelous. Heaven's a beautiful place. Get to see your loved ones again. But the best thing about heaven, you get to see Jesus. Oh, listen. We see God now through the eye of faith. Think about it. We see God through the eye of faith. We see Him in creation. We see Him in history. We see Him in the Word. We feel His presence and His power at work. But one day, then... Face to face. Face to face. Hey, when you stand before Him, what's it going to be like? I can only imagine. Just, that song just popped in my head. Will I dance for you, Jesus? I don't know. But you see, here's the sad part for people who don't know Jesus. They're going to stand before God, and they'll see Him. But it'll be at the great white throne judgment, and it's too late. It's too late. Because the Bible says one day every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So for those who don't do it now on this earth before Jesus comes, it's a great white throne judgment. But listen, believers in Christ, we're still going to be at the judgment seat of Christ before Him to give an account of what we have done with what He has given to us. So you're still going to stand before Him. Not for the purpose of judgment. Because there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But you're going to stand before him to give an account of what he's given to you. The gifts and the abilities. Hey, how's your heart this morning? How's your heart? First of all, if you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, let me encourage you to do that. Whether you're here in this building this morning, whether you're watching via live stream, whatever the case might be, if you're not sure, just by a simple prayer. Lord, I, I don't know all about it. I don't understand it all. I know enough to know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I've heard enough to know that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay my sin debt. I'm asking you now to forgive me. Come and live in my life. Be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord, my Master, my Teacher. Now, 
you're serious with God, He's serious with you, He'll honor that prayer. If you pray that prayer, tell somebody so they can help you follow up and get connected. You may be here this morning, you know Jesus already. Are you giving the Holy Spirit time to cleanse your heart progressively and to keep on eradicating what's there that should not be there so that your walk with Him will be what it needs to be? Would you bow with me, please? This is your time. Holy Spirit, as you move up and down these aisles, across the airwaves, speak to hearts. Help folks that need to make a decision. Somebody may be here today looking for a church home. This church would welcome you. Maybe you have a need, you have a burden on your heart, you want to just come and pray. Somebody will pray with you. Or maybe you just want to come pray by yourself. What, what, whatever God says to you, you need to do it this morning. Father, you hear the prayers of your people. You know their hearts. I pray they'll be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please? If God has spoken to you, you need to make a decision. Would you come? We'll help you. We'll pray with you.